Welcome to the Leader Growth Podcast. I'm David Skidmore, and kicking things off, let me just say first, Merry Christmas. Right now, sipping out of my Christmas mug with Charlie Brown and Snoopy right there. I hope wherever you are joining us from that you are uh, having a great holiday. I know for some people, the holidays can be a difficult time. And so if this is one of those challenging holidays for you, if you're experiencing a lot of confusion, maybe pain, hurt, loss, uh, just know as well that my um, my heart's with you. My prayers are, are with you as well. Um, today, what I want to do is I want to talk to you uh, specifically around how you can overcome challenges and experience transformation in your life and in your leadership through seven specific principles. And as I talk to you about these things, I just want to give you a heads up from the beginning. All of these are going to come from the birth of Jesus. Uh, different things that were happening at that time, different perspectives that people around this moment had. But I actually believe that there are seven keys in here that if you and I, if we uh, adopt these keys, it's going to help us uh, thrive in life. It's going to help us overcome challenges and experience transformation. And ultimately, it's going to change our lives in really profound ways. So um, looking forward to this holiday season, uh, just this next week or, or so. I've been loving uh, the holiday season. I don't know if you're a big Christmas fan. I'm a big Christmas fan. I don't put the Christmas tree up until Thanksgiving is done. But, uh, you know, once Thanksgiving is done. It's time to put on Christmas music. It's also time uh, for Home Alone. It's time for Elf. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Those are three of my uh, three of three of my favorite Christmas movies, and they usually rotate in order as to which one I like most. Also, while we're at it, gotta shout out my man, a Charlie Brown Christmas, um, and thanks to my buddy Drew for this mug. Um, I, I believe for us, as we go along in life, if we can draw some application from these principles today, um, if we can take these ideas, these concepts, and apply them into our lives, I really believe that this is going to help shape how you approach a new year. Uh, it's going to increase your, your confidence. It's also going to, um, it's going to help you become more adaptable when things don't go exactly as planned, it's also going to help you live with a greater sense of wonder. Uh, so many people around this time of the year are burned out, they're tired, they're worn down, and unfortunately, they've lost their sense of wonder. Um, I remember in, in college, I had a professor, a much older man, I believe in his 70s at, at the time, and in the middle of, of a class, he looked at us so seriously and he said, never lose your marvel, never lose your wonder. And that's something that as life has gone on, whether it's uh, the highs and lows, whatever's happened, I've just tried to live with the sense of wonder. Um, in fact, last week I was with one of my friends uh, at the Harvey, um, having a coffee early morning, and uh, he, he brought my mind back to just the absolute sense of wonder that you and I get to uh, it, it, that you and I get to experience life with. And so much of that uh, shows up in the story that we're getting into today. If you're not familiar with the story, I would actually encourage you to pick up a Bible, uh, check out Matthew chapter one, check out Matthew or check out Luke chapter one, uh, Luke chapter one and two, Matthew chapter one and two, uh, and just get familiar with this story. I know that like at, at the beginning, there's 
a long list of names, genealogies are, are going on. But as well, there's like after that, there's a lot of fascinating stories that are happening. Um, and they all they're all circulating around the birth of Jesus, who I believe is the most significant leader in history. I believe that he is uh, the model for leadership. Um, and so as we talk today, I simply want to take seven principles from what we see uh, around that time. And I want to highlight these seven principles uh, in how people acted according to uh, Jesus being born, because their actions, uh, one, they were significant enough to be recorded and remembered, but there's also like, there's just a lot of gold in there for us to draw on. So uh, here we go today. Number one is this disruption can lead to your greatest blessing in life. Disruption can lead to your greatest blessing in life. Mary and Joseph did not have a plan to have Jesus. In the year 1 BC, Jesus was not on their bingo card. Like that was not part of their plan. In fact, Mary was a virgin at that time. Uh, and so Joseph was really confused. Mary, I think, was really confused. Like, why is this happening? Uh, Joseph had to have confirmation from an angel that this was actually uh, God's plan, that this is what God was doing. Um, but when you look at their, at their lives, um, they got to live one of the most unique and remarkable lives of anybody who's ever lived. Uh, they got to be the parents of Jesus. Um, and so forever throughout time and space, they'll always be remembered. And by the way, talk about like a high pressure job. I have not had a job where I felt that kind of pressure, but I would imagine that if you got that assignment, it would be pretty overwhelming, but also it wouldn't just be overwhelming and like, oh my gosh, like what if this goes bad? But there's so much, um, there's just so much good in it. You know, there's so much good in them being able to have the opportunity um, to raise the son of God, like to take him from being, um, you know, born in a manger, which we're going to talk about in j just a moment, but born in a manger and take care of him, love him, you know, take him on trips, um, sometimes trips that they hadn't planned, but trips that, you know, well, one of the trips that they took early on was when they were having to flee, uh, when they were running off to, uh, to Egypt because King Herod um, did not like the idea that there was a new king of the Jewish people. And so um, in a very dark time, they took off fleeing. It wasn't a planned trip, but just think, think of all the moments that they would have had, uh, just as so many of you parents have, um, just these moments that they got to experience that no one else in history has had an opportunity to experience with Jesus. And what I'll say is I believe that that was their greatest blessing. Disruption can lead to your greatest blessing in life. So many of us uh, have gone through massive disruption in the past 
few years. Uh, often we can be really unflexible, especially if we're driven, if we have a lot of plans, if we uh, have an idea of how we want things to be. Uh, and sometimes we're so focused on what we want things to be uh, that instead of uh, paying attention to some of the things that are happening um, that could be really positive disruptions, uh, we can actually fight those things. And so I just want to encourage you uh, to be aware of the good things that can come from disruptions. Uh, sometimes what ends up happening is a disruption allows you uh, to take a new direction. Sometimes a disruption allows you uh, to form a new relationship. Sometimes a disruption allows you to take a different path in life. And that path can be uh, your greatest blessing. And so as you view disruption, uh, and it's guaranteed to happen this coming year, how can disruption be one of your greatest blessings? And so that's, that's a positioning of your heart is leaning forward with expectation that things are going to be disrupted. How can you become extremely adaptable? How can you be someone who can steward uh, the blessings that come through significant disruption instead of just focusing on how your plans may have gotten uh, destroyed, unraveled, whatever it may be. There's blessing in those disruptions, okay? So number one, disruption can lead to your greatest blessing. Two, um, embrace humility, uh, including humble beginnings. I want to talk to some of you who are just getting started right now. Uh, I, I, I think sometimes when you're especially early on in your career, sometimes um, it can feel like, like you're overcompensating a little bit, like you're trying to tell a, a better story than what necessarily is true um, about your, your business. I've been there in the past. Like, it's not that the facts were wrong. I just like only wanted to tell one side uh, of those things. And, and so what I just want to encourage you with is humility is still a good choice. You know, we just talked in the HGH episode uh, of the power of humility. But when you look at the life of Jesus, it's really interesting. I mean, he he is the king of the universe and Jesus shows up and he's actually like he starts his life in a manger. That that is if you let that set in, that is absurd. You you're looking at the king of creation, like the, the creator who enters the world and he's laid in a, like a manger is a feeding box. Um, growing up, my, my dad would say often that, you know, like that's where the animals are eating. So you got animal food in there, maybe straw. Uh, they're having to, to like clean up animal slobber. Like it's just, it's not a fitting place for the king to be. And that's the place that God had planned that Jesus was going to start. It's not just that, but um, he started with humble beginnings and he, um, he died on a cross. And so, you know, he started in a wood box and then he ended uh, on a wooden tree. Like his life is a life of humility. And it's so rare to have that kind of humility, but I believe because he embraced his humble, uh, humble beginnings because he knew who he was. He knew where he came from. There's this really cool verse in uh, John 13. Um, he's going to wash his disciples' feet there. And it says that Jesus, uh, knowing um, where he had come from and knowing where he was going, um, 
that's when he stepped down and that's when he uh, washed his disciples' feet. Like he became the servant of all of them. And so um, that's pretty remarkable to have that mindset, that disposition. Uh, I think today, what we usually want to do is lead with the great things about our resume. Um, there's something incredibly disarming about people who are really humble. Like people who are really humble make you the center of the story. Instead of making everything about themselves, they're extremely interested in you. And so one of the things that you can even ask is like, how comfortable am I with my current story? Um, am I trying to manufacture something right now that's better than what reality is? I may not want to stay in this current state, um, but I also want to be really open about um, where I am. Now, I'm not saying walk in uh, if you're brand new in, in business and say, I, I have no leads and I have uh, no connections and I have no money, but I'm out here on, on my own and I'm trying to make it work. You might, but I mean, I don't think you have to tell everything, but you can still approach um, with a deep sense of humility. And once again, I, I go back to, to this, humility is being other-centered. Humility is really looking at others. And so, um, you know, you think about it, Jesus came from heaven to earth, like he emptied himself of everything that he had there so that he could come here. And so uh, that's just unbelievably powerful when somebody truly chooses to embrace humility, including their humble beginnings that can lead to humble endings. Um, number three, number three is this, recognize the glory of this moment. Um, so there's this really fascinating part in the story. Um, there are, uh, there, there are some shepherds, just random shepherds, it seems. We don't know their names. We don't really know anything about them. We just know that they were in the field. So they were just going about their, their nightly work. And that was when angels showed up and they started singing like craziest moment. If, if you think about it, um, for these shepherds, it was just another night of work until the moment showed that it was not just another night of work. And so what did they do? Like they went to see Jesus. And, and, and so I think one of the most significant things that you and I can do in our lives is recognize the glory of the present moment. Like there's often so much in a moment um, if we're simply aware of what's happening in that moment. Now it may not be, <laughs> and let's be honest, I mean, the son of God is born one time into this world. So it may not carry that kind of glory, obviously, but it doesn't mean that there aren't moments of glory that you and I get to experience. It doesn't mean that there aren't moments that are powerful and wonderful. And so um, sometimes we're, we're chasing after that thing and we miss the significance of what's happening around us. And I just want to encourage you uh, as you're spending time with your family, as you're slowing down, maybe in, in the holidays, maybe some of you are, are speeding up. I want to encourage you, be really purposeful uh, about the people that you're with. Like recognize the glory, recognize the beauty, recognize the wonder of that moment. Um, put the phone away, make eye contact with them, listen, ask questions, be insanely curious about them. Um, show them how much you love them. Um, doing little kind acts. I believe that if we recognize the glory of, of the moment, it's going to be something really powerful because when we recognize something significant is, is happening, we pay attention. We always pay attention in those moments. Um, 
what if we were people who cultivated those moments? What if we were people who even created glorious moments for other people to step into? Uh, when it happens, let's not ignore it. You notice the, angel, uh, the, the angels sang and the shepherds did not go back to work. Instead, they went to see Jesus. They had something that they were responsible for and it was the most important thing in the world until they found out that there was something much more important happening in the town of Bethlehem. And so they went to see Jesus on that day. Uh, recognize the glory of the present moment. Number four. Number four is this. Number four is chase the star. Now, if I've got anybody who might self-identify as a mystic, I think you're going to love this. There's this fascinating group of, group of men. They're called the Magi. Um, when I was a kid, I played piano. Um, it's kind of a love-hate relationship, mostly a hate relationship because I wasn't very good at it, and my teacher was pretty tough to be around. That's a side point. Um, but I, I will say, say this. I got to learn some really cool songs. Some of you might remember uh, the, Al the Alfred Christmas book. I don't know if I got anybody uh, listening right now, joining us right now, who, uh, lis who, who played piano. But if so, you might have had the Alfred music, music book. So I learned like Good King Winsalus. I learned Oh Come All Ye Faithful. And then there was the song, We Three Kings of Orient Are. And so that song is actually about the Magi. Um, these three Magi, or maybe it was more, but these, these men who came from the East, they came from the Far East. And it's fascinating. Um, when they show up to, to see Jesus, they simply ask, like, where is the king of the Jews? That's their question. And the reason that they ask that question is because they say, we've been following a star. Like, that's kind of crazy. So you're telling me that the wise men from the east are just hanging out, living life, enjoying what's going on. And then all of a sudden, they get wind that there's a star and they start chasing this star. And they come all the way from the far east to meet Jesus. That's pretty amazing. Sometimes you and I can get really focused on what we're doing, um, and we miss the wonder of what's happening around us. And I believe God is working in ways all the time. I've got some cool stories, and I'm, I may share some of these stories as time goes on here on the Leader Growth Podcast um, of how I've seen God work. And here's what, it, what I would say. When you chase the star, you don't necessarily know what it's leading to. Um, but they, they chased it because they had this sense of wonder and a sense of faith. And I think even within that sense of wonder and faith, uh, loving mystery, loving wisdom, there was this sense within them of like, I don't want to miss out on what's happening right now. Like, I, I don't want to miss out on this moment. And so they chased the star. Uh, for a lot of us living in, in the Western world, we are so scientifically based that 
sometimes we don't have a whole lot of room for spirituality. And what's fascinating is uh, we don't really know anything about these guys, except that they are wise men from the East and um, they chase the star and they chase the star out of conviction, but also out of curiosity. And so what's fascinating is them chasing the star shows us something else about their character, which is number five, number five. Number five is this show up with a gift. The Magi brought gifts. Uh, if you remember in the story, uh, frankincense, myrrh, and gold, those are the gifts that the Magi brought. And so um, they brought something of value with them. Um, they showed up with a gift. I, I, I believe in our culture, we are so focused on what we get. Uh, when you show up with a gift in life, uh, a gift is able to do things that getting simply can't. When we have the attitude of a giver, uh, it's able to unlock relationships in really great ways. I would encourage you this. If you haven't read the book, The Go-Giver, first get, get that book. Um, but I would encourage you to challenge yourself for, for this new year. How can I really be a giver this year? Like, how can I give more? Who can I give more to? Uh, how can I show up with a gift? When we show up with a gift, we're able to um, bless other people's lives. We're able to uh, give them something of value. We're able to um, do something for, for them sometimes in showing them their significance that they would have never seen if we did not show up with a gift. And so it's interesting. They chased the star, but they also chased it showing up with a gift. Um, it shows that they knew that they were in something really significant. There was a conviction to them. There was a curiosity to them, but there was also this sense of like, we really want to make sure that we're showing up with honor. We talked about that in our previous podcast in the HGH episode, um, the showing up with honor. And that's what, what they did is they were, um, they were the ones who showed up. They were the ones, I, I, I believe in the story of Jesus. I believe that the first people who showed up and gave him a gift were mystics from the East. Um, it's, it, so I, I think sometimes when people think about, you know, Jesus, they, they often think about what's happening, you know, maybe in the structure of, of a church building on a Sunday, but the first people who encounter Jesus and the first people um, who show up to give him something of value are actually... Uh, these wise men from the East who really know nothing about them. Um, we don't have any context that they uh, have anything to do with that faith persuasion. They simply show up and they give him a gift. So show up as a giver. And what's really cool is that they get remembered throughout time and space in this story. Um, number six, number six is, is this receive the savior. Um, re receive the Savior. So Jesus, um, his name literally means he saves. Um, it says in Matthew that uh, he's going to be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. But the name Jesus means he he saves. And so one of the things that um, I think is kind of lost today is that Jesus, like his desire was to be our Savior. And, and so even when even when these people show up, um, some people receive him with, with love. 
Um, some people receive him with, with honor. If you read like in the first couple chapters of Matthew and Luke, uh, you'll notice there are different ways that people receive Jesus. There are also some who uh, reject him. So like when the Magi showed up, um, interestingly enough, they had asked where the king of, of the Jews was and Herod, who was uh, essentially playing that role, right? I mean, he's, he's overseeing uh, so, so much and he has power given to him by, by Rome at that time. Um, Herod doesn't receive Jesus. He rejects Jesus. And what he does is he actually uh, begins a genocide of, um, of babies in Israel at that time. Like, Nobody saw that coming, but out of fear that there could be another who was going to take his throne, um, he actually rejected Jesus, and then he caused unbelievably uh, unbelievable amounts of harm as he did. Um, one thing that I think is really fascinating, uh, if if you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in, in the Bible, is that people... Uh, who come in contact with Jesus, who receive him, um, like with open arms, with, with an open heart, like they, it, it's crazy, but their lives get changed. They get healed. Um, they go from, you know, maybe their, their darkest day into sudden freedom. Uh, you see people, even even some people who have dead dreams or dead family members, like you see resurrection happening. You see life happening again. And that's the story of who Jesus is. That's who Jesus has been for people uh, for over 2000 years, is that people who receive him uh, experience salvation. Um, and often they experience so many other gifts in, in life. Um but in, included in that sometimes is healing. Um, I, I've, I've, I'll just tell you, uh, I don't talk about this all the time on leadership podcasts, but uh, I've gotten, gotten to see uh, people get healed of, of things. Um, it's pretty amazing when, when it happens. Uh, here's what I'm saying is that there's an incredible power that can happen in our lives when we, when we simply receive the savior. And that's what he loves to do is save people. Um, in fact, it, it was prophesied about him that he would save his people from their sins. Um, and that's, that's what he loves to do because you and I, we all have, we all have that factor in our lives. We all have sin in our lives and we all have, uh, our dark days. And what I love is that he shows up for us, uh, on our worst day. Like he loves us there in our worst moments. Um, so that's number six, receive the savior. And then number seven is this, look for God working. Look for God working. As you read through Matthew one and Luke one, Matthew two, Luke two, one thing that, that you'll notice is that like, there are things happening behind the scenes. There's this orchestration of events that, that are happening. There's suddenly angels singing. Um, there are these magi from the east who, who show up. There are uh, shepherds in the field who are suddenly uh, standing at Jesus in his little manger. Like they're, they come to visit him. There are dreams that are happening 
for for Joseph uh, and others. There's a star uh, that is specific to one person. There are gifts that that are given, but what you can see through all of that is you can see God working. You can just see how God is weaving things together. And so uh, one of the really cool things I believe about God is that in the background often, in the background, he's working in our lives. I've seen him work in in my life. I've seen him work in so many people's lives. Um, I would encourage you to just see if you can catch him working. You know, so many times uh, we could focus on uh, the things that we caught people doing that were wrong. God doesn't work in, in wrong ways. He may not work in our time in the exact way that we expect, but I would just encourage you, how can you look for God working? Because when God is working, there's something really significant happening. There's something beautiful happening. There's something of, of wonder. There's something of value. There's something uh, something of significance that's happening when God is working. And I believe that that he's always at work. Like he's always doing uh, something and he's always doing a new thing. Like he always wants to bring about good into our lives. He always wants to bring... Um, he wants to bring us into a greater place of, of love. He wants to bring us into a greater place of blessing. He wants to bring us into uh, a greater depth of understanding of him. He wants to bring us into, uh, I believe he wants to bring us into our purpose. He wants us to live very purposeful lives. He wants us to, to live lives of faith. And part of that is looking for him working. And so just as, as you're in, in the holiday time, you might not shout it out, you know, as, as you're hanging out with, with the family or whatever, but just be watching to see how you might experience God working in your life. So once again, I'm going to walk through these seven keys. Number one is this. Disruption can lead to your greatest blessing. Two, embrace humility, including humble beginnings and humble endings. Three, recognize the glory of this moment. Four, chase the star. Five, show up as a giver. Six, receive the Savior. And seven, look for God working. Um, well, I just want to say thanks for joining today on this special Christmas Eve episode. I hope that you have uh, a great holiday season uh, as we wind down over the next week, um, getting ready for a new year. Some of you are going to get to spend some time with people you haven't gotten to see in a long time. And for some of you, you're going to be uh, missing someone, maybe a, a family member or a close friend uh, who's no longer at your table, who's no longer um, present with you in life. And I just want to say again, uh, if I can be a source of encouragement, um, please let let me know on that. Uh, reach out. You can DM me. You can email me. Um, I, I take it seriously, like the opportunity to um, be someone who can encourage, but also someone who can, uh, who can pray for you as, as well. And so I'm thinking of, of you all during this holiday time. Um, and I'm telling you, this coming week, I hope that you start dreaming a little bit of what 2024 is going to be like. December 31st, we're going to be right back here. December 31st, next Sunday, I'm dropping a brand new episode and we are going to, we're going to set the tone for what the new year is going 
to be. So I can't wait to see you then. Until then, love hard, live full, and lead strong. The formula. Watch me demonstrate. See, I'm determined and dedicated. Watch what I create. And when resistance is persistent,